This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. You know, out in Nevada near the silver mines, there's a kind-hearted woman. She's looking so fine, always taking care of her community. Bringing folks together is a cup of tea. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. And welcome to this week's episode of City Talk. And I'm about town, Deb, your host. Debbie McCarthy. We are a production of Phoenix Media. You can visit us at or any of the shows at phoenixmedia.us. That's phoenixmedia.us. For more information on this and any other great shows 24-7, feel free to visit us online or text me at 775-741-2596 with your questions or comments. So did you hear the, the new song? I don't know whether you guys heard it or not. I sure heard it. That's my new catchy tune, Dee Dee James, one of my favorite musicians out of the Placerville, El Dorado, Folsom area. I, I, I'm just going to tell you really quick about because I'm so excited. I had Billy Joel, as you remember, and it, we have permission to use it, but every time we'd go to post something on YouTube, it would say, do you have permission? And it would take forever. So um, Kristen, our engineer, goes, Deb, we need to find another song. So I texted Dee Dee James like on Friday at 4.30 or 3 something. And I'm like, hey, Dee Dee, can you just write me a jingle, a quick jingle, like 30 seconds, a quick jingle, kind of like Uptown Girl. And I'm not kidding you. Within a half hour, could be sooner, I'm at, line, I'm at Safeway and I get a text saying, here's, here's a clip. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's great. And then he goes, I think you need more than just like an intro. I think you need a song. So he texted me a bunch of questions and I filled them out and Long and behold, by Saturday, I think George and I were looking at the text. Within 24 hours, we had a song. So as of right now, you guys, because you're listening, are getting the very beginning of the creation of a song made especially for About Town Dub. And over the next few weeks, he's going to be um, giving um, parts to drummers and guitar players and bass players and whoever else he's going to do. And they're going to put together the rest of the music and then Dee Dee James is going to do the voiceover and we will have a song that will be on Spotify and Amazon all over the place so thank you Dee Dee James so now that we got that out of the way I want you guys to know it is a new song you're on the ground floor of it now I want to go right to Kim Surratt family law my I'm going to cover my face over here so I don't see me. Ah, I don't like seeing that ah. it's like, so I have to tell you so Kim and I go way back and um way back when she um, produced her own show, um, Family Matters. And um, back then I was super shy and even though I was on it, I could barely talk and I wouldn't speak, but Kim never gave up on me. And so she's always been my biggest fan and biggest supporter and said, hey, you gotta jump and you gotta do this and let's do the show. And she is stepped up to be the first sponsor. So with that, because she's more than a sponsor, she's a friend and she knows she's just incredible. So Kim Surratt, Surratt practice, Law Practice. Did I say that right or I get it? Debbie law practice. You got I it. I got it right. So Kim, before we before we go to law, before we go to adoption, because this is November, I'm going to show you guys a bottle of one of Kim and I's favorite winemakers. 
Oh, my love. That's my love, Nello. <laughs> Nello. Nello Olivo. So they, he's on Carson Road, and he also has um, in, in Camino, but he also in the Placerville up on B Street. They have a, a tiny um, a little tasting room there that they started with. But this is the Great Father Red 3. I'm saving the original Great Father when Kim could be with me here in person, because there's not, I don't know how many of those are left. This one's a, a current one. So um, if you're out there, whether you're having coffee, tea, wine, whatever, or water, we just want you to raise your glass. Kim, I probably should have told you to bring a glass of water, a cup of I coffee know. or something. Oh, She's you know, there. I've got the ginormous. Here we go. Let's, we're going to cheers. <laughs> cheers. We're going to cheers to that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Nello. And Nello hosted us. Hosted, has hosted Kim yes. twice in Jazzy, Georgia, and she was able to bring Jim. So tell us your impression on the Gray Father, those who have not met him. Well, as I said, he's my love, my love. <laughs> he's amazing. There is no, you know, there's so many people that are shallow these days, and I don't mean shallow in like just the bad way, but just in their thoughts, in their emotions, and in their feelings, and how they interact with people. There's nothing shallow about Nello. He is deep and personal and his wine is deep and it's personal and it's just as effective as he is. Oh, that is so love true. him. Well, <laughs> we all love him. So let's have, this is November, November's still with us and it's adoption month. And because your law practice, you bring families together, you create families, Kim. How cool is that to have a job where you go in and somebody says, I love to have a family, but I can't have a family. And you're like, I got you. And there's many ways nowadays that you can create a family. And that's what your law, your law practice does much more. But because it's, yeah. you do tons more. But I'd like you to tell a little bit about everything you do. And then when we jump into the next segment, we'll go heavy duty into the adoption and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, we're a family law firm, so we do everything that has to do with families, and it includes the the not-so-fun part of it, the, you know, division of families and custody and child support, abuse, neglect, everything, but, yeah, my, my part of it and the biggest part of it for me is family formation work, and so, yeah, I, unlike most attorneys, I get to say I love my job. I make families, I make parents I join children and give children forever homes and I just, I couldn't, I have an amazing job. It is just yeah. phenomenal and emotionally wonderful. Um, but we do estate planning also. We really look at ourselves as being holistic and going from the beginning of your family to the end of the family and anything that it may need in between. Uh, it's we don't believe in just dumping you on your butt. You know, there's families <laughs> need a lot and we're there for them every step of the way. And so you are located in Reno because there's people who listen or will rewatch this and they're all over the place. So give us, give every our audience an idea of exactly where you're at. In yeah, Reno. We're, we're located physically in Reno, Nevada at 3705 Lakeside Drive. Um, each of my lawyers, though, we have Nevada and California licenses Although we do a very limited scope of work for California, I mostly do my surrogacy and reproductive law there. So we may be able to help you though, even though you're in California, I may be able to assist. Yeah, never know. Never and, know. <laughs> so you also, you also bring families together that are all over the country though, don't you? You've traveled to, if you're putting, we may go into that later when you're doing not just the adoptions, but the in vitro or surrogacy. So oh, you know, yeah. You we'll have a wide <laughs> yeah. You have a wide. 
wide range. Yeah, I I have clients all over the world. Yeah, so um, yeah. because I do surrogacy, I do reproductive law, and that's the part I do in California and Nevada. Uh, my clients may be utilizing a surrogate or a donor that's in either of these states, but my client may be located anywhere in the world. And so, yeah, I have a huge international practice. Well, that's what I wanted people to realize that you're just because your your office is in Reno, you have a wide reach and you help many families. So that's a big deal. So I just wanted them to know that. So I'm glad you're here. It is, I think it's almost time for our break. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. It is that time we're going to wind down. And I want to remind you that we will be, you can replay us our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those, any of your favorite ones. And then afterwards, you can also replay it. And Kim is going to be having two of these segments that we talk about on her website as well. So if you miss something, there's plenty of ways to get it back or not to get it back, but to replay it. So we're happy with that. Um, I think it's time to go to break and we'll be right back. Kim Surratt, Family Law, we're here. Stay tuned. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to the second segment of City Talk, and I'm About Town Deb. I am honored today, and once a month, guys, you're going to hear from Kim Surratt, and she is going to be giving you tidbits about family planning and adoption and surrogacy and estate planning, all that kind of stuff that is so, so important. And we all get so busy with life that we just think, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it. And Kim knows, for one, I'm one of those, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, then I never get it done, then I call her and say, help. So this is the time where we should be tuning in once a month and we should be seeing, making sure that we're getting our affairs in order and that any of you haven't started that family and you wanna start that family and you need a little help, Kim is, Kim is your gal and her amazing team. So because it's November, as I mentioned before, National Adoption Month. Kim, tell us, how, why do we have an adoption month? Tell us how it came about, the staff, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's, it, it's National Adoption Month, so it, it just tells you the, the extreme need for it. It is something that's recognized by our White House each year or in multiple presidencies. They've recognized this month as an adoption month. Um, you know, the whole reason to bring this up and, and pierce the, you know, sensitive topic is it's not just for recognition of the warm, fuzzy side of adoption, but the need for adoption and how many children need to be adopted. Um, you know, we've talked about this, Debbie, a lot because of your adoption, your personal experience, and I, of course, do a lot of adoptions, but I'm a, an appeals officer for our county. I listen to abuse and neglect cases. Mm. And over the last year, 153,258 children were placed in foster care system due to neglect. 86,694 children were removed from their homes due to just drug abuse alone. Now that's a nationwide statistic, but my goodness, divided by the number of territories we have and states we have, it's not, it's astronomical, right? It's these are children, and, I, and I'll tell you that drug abuse part of it, I will tell you the opioid addiction is a huge part of it. It's a giant part of it. Um, but there's thousands of children that are in foster care and that need a 
home, a home to call theirs, a forever home, a family to care about them and continue to give them care. Uh, we've got thousands of children who age out of foster care as a teenager without ever finding a family. And that's the part for me that is uh, the most concerning. We, there, there, are, there are a lot of states who have made some serious changes uh, to their laws to allow children to continue to get some assistance from the county or their local um, social services past 18. I don't know about you, Debbie, but how many 18-year-olds you know are ready to be complete adults, walk out on the street, get an apartment, and take care of themselves? Well, I, I would say there's less of them, and it's probably even harder when they have been in the foster care system because they don't maybe necessarily have those tools and they haven't had the guidance because they sometimes go from home to home. They don't always get to stay in the same home. So it's yeah, we we need to we we need to get them in stable homes where they can stay in one place. We do, and you know, at that age, that's the vulnerable age, right? Our teenagers are the ones that need a role model. They need somebody to to tell them even how to sign a contract for a rental. They really don't know how. Um, you know, we do. I've seen programs about teaching kids about turning into adults, and and. You know, a lot of those teenagers have parents at home that tell them. Uh, I was about to say what a check register is, but I, I was just, that's, I, that's I, about to go to the way. I was I was gonna say, um, are you gonna show? No, I I still have one. I never write in it, but I have one. I haven't yeah, used I, it in years. I I, I really just kind of aged myself, but you um, just both. Yeah. But a check register is a big part of it. But, you know, it's signing a contract with a landlord. It's how to buy a car. What does that contract mean? How do you how do you even register to vote? I mean, there's so many things that parents give their children, even if it's the simple things. And that aging out process right there uh, just tells you, you know, they need us. Uh, they the, the, per, the statistics for children that are aging out without being adopted and without finding parents are forever home. They are 40% 40 uh, 40 of them experience homelessness. 50% of them are unemployed at the age of 24 and 25% experience post-traumatic stress as a result of never being adopted, as a result of never finding a home, as a result of being stuck out on the street by themselves. Well, you know, I have a feeling that a lot of those young adults because they're young adults at 18 they most likely have felt that since they had they weren't decided they had to age out so they weren't they weren't embraced in the home they were at to continue their family so that would be pretty stressful i mean i was blessed that i have a forever i had a well they're up in heaven now but i was lucky so thank you grandma b shout out to brenda grandma b who made that difficult choice of adoption and um without that tough choice, the greatest gift a young woman could give to another family is the gift of a child. And I was blessed to be able to stay in the relationship with my mom, my birth mom, my mom, grandma B the whole time. That doesn't usually happen, <clears throat> but it happened for me. And I was lucky to have my forever home with Terry and Tony. So I was one of the lucky ones, but I know there's so many out there who do age out and they don't have anywhere to go. Are you able to help them or give, are you, you know, once you 
how do you how can we help them well you know there are programs uh, for example the state of Nevada all all the state of Nevada had to do was say that those services we provide these children when they're minors can continue under certain criteria and the criteria is about having full-time employment or full-time schooling and good grades and being good citizens and it's you can continue to receive services from the state of Nevada or the county as long as you meet these criteria. I think there's still a lot of states who have not made that change to their laws and they need to. I mean it's it's such a critical age of when they can end up being just full-time criminals, full-time <laughs> on the street, full-time homeless, right? It's a critical time for us to say well wait a minute if a social worker and these programs can keep their hands on them and mold them into adulthood a little bit, it's going to make all the difference in the world for them. For it's the whole society, too. All of society. It's, it, it, it behooves all of us for them to become model citizens and go to school and have a job and have a little assistance doing it. Because they don't just come out of foster care with a deposit in their pocket ready <laughs> for an apartment, right? It's not how that works. And so it just, it's the little things. But if you're, you know, for those listening, when you're in a state that doesn't have that, it, it's important to advocate for it. It's important to speak out. It's also important to take a look at people around you or employees. If, you're hire, if you're, you hire employees and you know a little bit about them or they share a little bit of that stuff with you, know that these are employees that may need a little more assistance that may need you to be their role model. You don't have to adopt to be a role model. You don't have to take that full leap, right, and take an adult into your home just to cure the problem that occurred when they came out of foster care. But, uh, you know, you were talking about the one, the one comment you made that I wanted to follow up on was, you know, you continued that relationship with your bio mom. And, and a lot of these kids do, especially when they were never adopted out of the system. And that at times can be a good thing and other times be a bad thing. Um, it depends on what caused that child to end up in the system. But a lot of our adoptions are open adoptions now, which means there is some contact with the bio parents. And it doesn't mean it's an instantaneous bad thing. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Debbie, but you tell me. I mean, do you think you became a better adult human being having not been completely cut off from your mom? For me, I was, yeah. I was blessed because Terry and Tony included my mom in holidays, and they wanted me to, the openness of it was incredible. And I also have adopted my older son, Josh, and it was an open adoption. So. I was able to, when he said, I need to, I want to meet them. I want to know more. I was able to, we all have, we've reunited. So I got to reunite with him and his birth mom and her, you, her kids. So I feel like if we can do it open, what the heck? It's so important to know your history. People want to know where they have come from and it really makes a huge difference. So I'm really glad about that. Wow. Now we got deep in there, but we're going to take a break. Um, we're going to go, um, 
gosh, we're going to be back. It won't be that long. So please, guys, hang tight. Um, we want your feedback. Do us a favor. Like, go on Facebook. Make a comment. You can text me, 775-741-2596. If you have an adoption story, you don't have to share it on air. If you want to, like, post about it or you, you can message Kim. You can message myself. We're here. Like, we, if you know somebody who's interested in foster care, please let us know. But we're going to take that break. So also go to Kim um, Surratt Family Law or Surratt Law Practice. It used to be family law, isn't it? Wasn't it? Or was it always law practice? Lawyersforfamilies.com or Surratt Law. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So find Kim. And please, if you're interested, please let us know. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back for our next segment. And we're going to say how you can get involved in Adoption Month. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to the third segment of City Talk. I'm About Town Deb with Kim Surratt, my co-host. And every month, you're going to get an hour with her. So she's going to have lots of information to share. And then once again, Kim, what's your website so they can follow up with you? Lawyersforfamilies.com. Okay, I want to make sure we get that so you know how to find her after the show as well. Or you can just Google them or find them on Facebook. So this is interactive, like we mentioned before the last break. We'd love you to share your comments, text me, do that, because we, we want to hear your input. And if you have any questions for Kim that you may want a topic you want her to discuss for next month, feel free to message me, message Kim. You can Facebook their Facebook page. Um, we're here for you. You know, we're here to bring families together and not just the adoption. Also, um, you know, we also need to get our our affairs in order. I hate to say that, but, you know, a lot of things are happening nowadays. So we need to make sure we have our anyway, we need to have that done, too. But now we're going to go back to adoption. So this is November uh, National Adoption Month. How can we um, make a difference? How can we celebrate? How can us how can we help celebrate this amazing month? Well, you know, Debbie, it's, it's people like you who either have been adopted or it's families who have adopted children that are the best spokes, I was going to say spokesmen, but that's not my style. Spokes I know it people, is. The- <laughs> spokespeople. <laughs> yeah. Get the message out, right? So um, there, there's this great website called adopthelp.com. And they have nine steps to how to celebrate National Adoption Month. And I think they're brilliant steps. So I wanted to share them and we can talk about them in a little more depth. Okay. Uh, One of the first steps they've got is retell your child's adoption story to them. You know, what we've learned, the psychology of adoption over the years, is that the old, old way of never tell the child they were adopted and keep it a secret and never tell anybody in the family the the psychology has proven that is a really bad idea that (laughs) it it does them absolutely no good and everybody suffers as a result of it and eventually those children will do a 23andme or a ancestry.com test and they will learn the truth so the secrets gone away but you can celebrate but continuing to celebrate and retell your child's story to them most of the families i've worked with who have adopted children uh, the, ch- the children know it and they're excited about it. They celebrate their adoption day. Mm-hmm. They make it a holiday every year. And they, they have cake and they do everything to celebrate that day. And it's a great way, and especially, you know, 
the next step is spread awareness through social media. When on your social media, you have your adoption celebration up there with your cake and your celebration with your family, guess what? It spreads the word. It gets the message out. It shows that you're not ashamed of it. It shows that it was a great thing and your family's doing wonderful. We love to harp on the bad things, right? There's but lots of good things. There's so many, much good. Many, many good things. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, normally I can't say anything about any of my clients, but we have a mutual friend who's been on the show multiple times. Yes. Before. Not just, you <laughs> know, like shows we've done. I know. Who, yeah. Sean and Anton. Who I know. Three children, and they celebrate the daylights out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're one of the best examples we've got. And everybody knows about it, you know, and they watch and they see the success. And I mean, you just can't ask for better. No, you can't. I totally agree with you. And and their three children. About town Deb way of celebrating on social media. You can't take that a heartbeat. No, but the cool thing with um, their three children were out of foster care, correct? Yes, absolutely. So think about that, three siblings that got to, they're going to get to grow up together and they have this a new amazing life and they have, they're, uh, they're just, Sean and Anton are like the best family and, and they're thriving and they laugh and they play and they play instruments and they have piano. I mean, they do everything that a, a child dreams of doing that they thought they would never do when they were in foster care. So yes, if you're out there, you're thinking that you're, you would be amazing as a foster care family, really, if, even if, that's what you do give them a couple years or how cool is it to have one month with amazing love or one year or two years or three years with a family that embraces you and makes you feel like you are number one you'll never forget that family ever 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 that may that one family might keep you going for the rest of your life with that memory of what a family is about exactly so you know the next step adopthelp.com talks about Uh, Both, you know, watch positive adoption-related movies and read books together that promote the values of adoption. So, you know, they had a list of ideas, so I have to look at my cheat sheet here. It's okay. The movies, movies, actually, it was a lot of, like, surprising, like, cartoon character movies, and I didn't... Which ones? What was weird? Well, here's the thing, Debbie. I stopped, and I went, oh, my goodness. I guess that is kind of an adoption movie. Uh, Disney's Tarzan. Uh... The Tigger movie, because Tigger I was all have... the only Tigger in the entire forest all by himself, and he, he's brought in by Pooh's family to be... I wouldn't have thought of that. I know. I just got goosebumps. Um, I know. That's amazing. Lilo and Stitch. Stuart Little. Annie, which I, I think everybody in the world knows Annie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but The Odd Life of Timothy Green and Meet the Robinsons. I see... I would like, think the tar- Tigger one is my favorite. The Tigger, but you know, Tarzan, when I watched Tarzan, I don't think I was thinking that. I mean, I wasn't aware of it. So there may be a lot more movies out there that are like that. I don't know. That's, huh? a, that's I, I like the Tigger one, though. No, you are right. That is really cool. <laughs> I think it's my favorite. I like that one. And yeah. then, let's see, on books, the books they had. Um, and by the way, so on books, they gave us three. They're great books. I Don't Have Your Eyes is one of them. I Love You Like Crazy Cakes is another. We mm-hmm. Belong Together. Oh, and it's four books. And Sisters. Um, those are all specifically children's books about adoption. There's some, there are a significant number of books out there, though, that are wonderful on the adoption topic. And one of the things that they're, they're, there's some amazing resources on and, and books to explain to children why they're different 
or why they feel like they're different. Um, also in the cross-cultural perspective, uh, and since diversity is the conversation. Yeah, so let's talk about that. In the world, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, cross-diversity, cross-cultural adoptions that occur. And there's some really good books about that specifically. And also keep in mind that as your children are older, they, they deal with things different, or the child that you're adopting, from an infant, how you deal with that is very different from bringing a teenager into your home and how they, they emotionally adapt, right? And the resources are there. We know we understand and know adoption really well in ways that I wish they knew in the 50s and 60s, and they didn't. And so um, it's such a benefit to everybody to look into these resources, find them, um, use them for your children, and, but I'm gonna take this the next step, which is you don't have to have adopted a child and you don't have to ha um, be adopted to get benefit out of these resources. Okay. I have a 12 year old son and he and I talk all the time about what my job is and what I do and kids that are adopted. And he needs to understand these resources as much as me if I were adopting or an, an adult that's adopting or a child that is adopted because you don't want them treating kids like that different when they go to school. If they know a kid's in the foster care system or they know that a child has been adopted, you know, I want him to treat them as he does everybody else at school and defeat the bias, right, and knock it down. Um, and the only way you do that is understanding Right, and I guess that whole Tarzan conversation may be part of that, which is, you know, it's that next conversation with your child about what are they seeing, what are they feeling, what do they know, do they know anybody at school that's adopted? Because you hear about kids getting picked on all the time for things like this. And foster children complain a lot that, you know, they have troubles at school because the kids found out that they were, their parents were taken away from them. And that all comes from the other children in their school being better educated and having parents that are more understanding. Well, I'm hoping it's changed because back when I was at school, I have, um, so I don't know whether my friend Liz saw, is listening or she, we, we both were adopted. So we kind of bonded. It was like, it was kind of cool to have somebody who else was. But I also had amazing friends growing up where when I went to Terry and Tony's, at, I was six and a half. So I was a little bit older, but I love the idea that the neighborhood kids embraced me. Like, how cool is that? Like, and Terry and Tony had the neighborhood kids greet me, like for my first time. So I had kids to walk, even though it was tough, I still had kids to walk to school with and they kind of protected me like, okay, she's ours, don't make, you know, it's okay. Right. But I'm hoping that nowadays it's a little bit, since we're having, we can have open conversations that, um, People are sharing. They're like you said, sharing your story, putting it on social media, so that other kids will read it. And pa parents, go, oh, that's okay. We could talk about it. It's okay to talk about. It's really good. So I like that. Um, we have a few more. Oh, wait. It's oh, almost yeah, time for. Yeah, we're almost out of time. So yeah, so we're but we're gonna come right back. We're we're gonna finish off. We're, we um, so hang in there. Remember, you can always go to phoenixmedia.us. Check out any of other shows. You can go follow back at About Town Dev. Kim will have this on her website as well. We'll be back for their fourth break. We have a few more things to talk about, so don't go away. And we'll be right back. About Town Dev City Talk with Kim Sarat. Rolling all over the web <laughs> okay. with a big smiling heart. It's About Town Dev. 
my town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb Presents City Talk. Now, back to the show. And we're back for the fourth and final segment of this week's City Talk. I'm About Town Deb, Debbie McCarthy, and with Kim Surratt. We are so happy to be there. We love talking about adoption. We love helping people find their forever homes. That is, uh, just makes you breathe to know that you have a forever home. And, and nowadays, it's tough. Everybody's struggling, but to, to know you have a mom and a dad who love you is so important. Um, we were talking about nine ways that you could celebrate um, National Adoption Month. So let's continue with a few more ways. And then I know we want to share a little bit more about Anton and Sean. <laughs> I'll let Kim. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's adopthelp.com if you, if anybody's curious about where these nine ways are to celebrate. But uh, the couple more that we wanted to cover, one was, uh, celebrate your child's heritage, and that's what you were just bringing up about Sean and Anton. We didn't even ask their permission to talk about. <laughs> they don't. It's okay. Them. We, we talk they, about them all the time. So, yeah. um, but they're you know their children uh, were from Mexico. Their family heritage is Mexican, and Sean and Anton went out of their way to make sure the kids went to Mexico. Obviously pre-COVID, um, but you know they they introduced them to their heritage. They made sure that they had that relationship with their roots. And it, it's a, it, it's a oh, emotional kind of a thing to think about right now with diversity and our country and the struggles that we're all going through. But these are the things that make a difference and are important, right? Uh, because Sean and Anton aren't from Mexico. Anton mm-hmm. from New Zealand. In fact, they just moved the kids to New Zealand. So uh, it's, but they understood and they still understand what it means to connect to their heritage. The only other tip, there's other tips, but what, the other one we wanted to bring up before we're done today is about donating time and money yes. to organizations that support adoption. Obviously, you can do your time by being a foster parent if you so desire or adopt, but if you want a much more subtle way of assisting and helping, uh, the I'm a, a fellow with the American Academy of Adoption. I just said it wrong. I do that every time. Academy <laughs> of Adoption and Assisted Reproduction Attorneys, and they have an organization called the Family Formation Charitable Trust, and that charitable trust uh, assist families with the costs of adopting and the costs related with family formation, whether it be through surrogacy or um, embryo egg donation, etc. But the cost is a lot of times the prohibitive uh, element of why people can or can't adopt. And so if you make a donation to the Family Formation Charitable Trust, you're going to be helping mm-hmm. families become families. Uh, help people become parents. And if you've known anybody that's ever struggled and hasn't been able to become a parent on their own, you know how important that is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, they try month after month and every month they get that, not not yet, not yet. And I do know that I tell you with my own thing, once we adopted Josh, I was like, I'm good, I'm good. I have an amazing son, I got pregnant. <laughs> so. Maybe you should adopt. It might it might give you that good luck charm. But I know that I would have adopted anyway. I wanted to give back because I, I was blessed that I was. And I feel like if you um, are looking for a family and you can't have it on your own naturally, adopt. I mean, if in vitro and surrogacy and all that isn't in your realm, man, look at all, like you said, those foster kids. And, and I know it takes a lot longer to get an infant. I was lucky and I was able to get um, Josh as an infant. But 
I'm so grateful that Terry and Tony took a chance on a six and a half year old. I mean, that's so important. So if you're out there and you have a home, please guys consider foster care and consider adopting a child from foster care. You could be the reason why they're, they could become the next president. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what they're going to become, but they won't become that if they don't have a role model like our folks that are listening out there. So we really would love you to do that. What else can we do? You can educate yourself. You know, I was talking about my son in school and children and their biases. I think uh, if you know anybody that's been adopted or you know anybody that who has adopted a child, uh, educate yourself so you don't offend them. There are a lot of things that uh, these families and these uh, they, they've studied uh, children that were adopted and when they became adults, when they look back at things and comments people made to them and said to them, uh, whether it be teachers or the neighbor, et cetera, uh, educate yourself, you know, don't get yourself in that position. Um, be, be thankful and that they were adopted, but make sure your children know how not to uh, have a bias for that, right? That they're yeah. not uh, any, any better just because they weren't adopted. And yeah. then if you did adopt, uh, this is the month when the professionals that were involved in your adoption uh, reach out, say thank you, send a, send a letter uh, to the social workers. Our social workers work so hard and they're so exhausted. They're really exhausted right now with COVID because uh, they haven't had an option not to go into homes and not mm. be out there in public uh, because our children need them. And if you know a social worker, say thank you. They could really use it right now. Or to the birth parents as well. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, you know, it's actually, it, it's making me um, realize that I, I'm usually, I'm on social media with my son's birth mom and their family. And, and I had thought about that. So I need to reach out and say, thank you. And I know the moment I first met them or Regina, and I mean, I met Regina before we adopted Josh, but then later on when he was an adult and we met, I met the mom and her, um, his siblings, I was like, what do I say? Like, ah, oh, like we walked into Casa Grande and I hugged her and said, thank you. Like, that's all I needed to say. And she said, thank you. And that's all we needed. We hugged each other before COVID. And um, that's all we needed to say. Like, you know, we both realized that we help each other create families. And um, I love that, that he can call her anytime, text her anytime. And now he has two, two amazing moms and I had two moms. And who doesn't want two amazing moms, you know? And then one little quick side note, I was also able to find my birth dad. So I, right. that's a whole other story for another another topic. But another episode. Another episode. <laughs> but really, adoption is beautiful. And it is a gift. And it's wonderful. And so, Kim, any other last things on this part of our topic? And then we're going to go into um, or whatever else. You can tell us what you've been doing or what you do in your off time. Or I, I know you hunt. You talk about that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I got really dark. Sorry, the uh, time time change just happened. I need yeah. to fix that problem. Um, no, you know, I think there are there are events, there are different things that occur, but sharing your story, I mean, I know we keep telling people, oh, reach out, tell us about your adoption story, but sharing is how what helps make people feel more comfortable. They see those stories online, they see it in social media, and it's way more... Uh, comforting to read an adoption story than it is to read about politics right now. So I yes. see that in my social media feed. <laughs> I and agree. Right? 
So I think so, we need to do that. Yeah, and I think those who have been adopted, I mean, you, you're a huge, um, you're a great, amazing example. And I know you, you, once in a while you shy away from it, and most of the time you don't, but you really are an example. Like you said, about reaching out and finding your birth father and the, you know, these are stories that some people sit around just stewing in and thinking about, and they don't have to anymore. I mean, the resources are there. Not that I'm, I'm saying it's it's the right thing for everybody to do because yeah. some people are going to find out not so good stories. Yeah, um, they're not going to find out what they want to find out. Uh, knowing your original birth by birth parents isn't always the right thing for everybody. Um, but, but you'll know, you'll know, you, your heart will tell you what you need to do. You have to follow it. The resources are there. Um, you know, what I would say is before you do something like that, do some research, get on the internet. Uh, I know you mentally had to prepare, right? Debbie? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it took a lot of years. I, I actually waited until, I mean, not that I, 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 everybody would ask me, do you want to find your birth dad? And I said, no, I've got an amazing dad, Papa Tony Reno. He's like my hero. He's behind me on my wall. This is all his memory. I adore him. He's an angel. Like he's my guardian angel. But randomly I met somebody and said, hey, have you ever thought about it? I'm like, you know, I, I never really wanted to because I have an amazing dad. But now that Papa's up in heaven, it had been a year. I'm like, you know what? It's time. You know when it's time. It was time. And my story ended out, ended up amazing. And we'll share that another time. But it's about you have to follow your heart and your gut. Nobody can tell you when it's time or when it's not time. Nobody, nobody knows but you. And if you never want to know, that's okay. That's okay. And if you want to know, that's okay too. So I think we, we just have to do, like you said, do the research, surround yourself with people who know like you, and talk to other people and hear their stories because their story may be just like yours or it may not be like yours, yeah. but yours is special. Yeah, and you're an adult who was emotionally prepared. So, yeah. you know, if it's a child and your child's thinking about these things and trying to find their bio parents and they uh, it didn't stay open and there may have been really good reasons for it, there are mental health professionals out there that can help with this specific topic yeah. and can assist you and assist your child. So, um, you know, I'm a proponent. I, I believe in open adoption, but I also see a lot of really bad cases where, oh, heck no, uh, it can't stay open. It's, but it's, that's, yeah. There's no benefit to it other than continued post-traumatic stress, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good stories out there. Yeah. Lots of good stories. And we want to hear your story. So, Kim, one more time, your website, how to get a hold of you. And we just decided December 9th, where we will be back December 9th. And so this gives us time for you to reach out and we'll put some social media posts out. So you could email us privately, instant message, tell us what you She's want to talk about. And all We're just going to go. So there's lots of updates, but check About Town Deb on Facebook to find out more about what's happening in my world and the world of Reno and Carson City and on beyond everywhere. But Kim, thank you. Thank you for being an amazing sponsor and for sharing such important stuff. We will be back next week. It is about town devil city talk. You're welcome. 